This is JU Israel Teachers Lounge, where we reach out to current Gap Year students, alumni, and any interested listeners, keeping you connected to what's happening in Israel and giving you insight behind the headlines. I am your host, Senior JU Israel Educator Michael Anteberg, and today joined, as always, by co-host and director of JU Israel, Alan Goldman. How are you, Alan? Doing good, Mike. You seem a little on edge. A little frazzled. These, yeah. The current news cycle is making me frazzled. Well, that's our topic for today. And today we are also joined uh, uh, as often, is that a way, can you say that in English? By uh, producer of this podcast and Israel educator, Matt Lippman. How are you, Matt? I'm very well, thank you, Michael. You seem less frazzled. I have been very concerned by the current news cycle, but not frazzled. All right. Well, we'll leave that to Alan then. So I, well, thank I, you. I think today, uh, and, and we may release a little bit earlier this week, so you may be seeing this in your podcast feed a little bit earlier than usual because we want to deal with uh, the major changes that have happened in this election cycle uh, and the creation of a new joint of a whole bunch of, now that the lists are in, we have a whole bunch of new coalitions that need some unpacking. In particular, the new center party, Blue and White, Kachovalavan. Yeah, well, that's a little better name anyway than the is it? Resilience Party. The Resilience Party was not a great name, but I don't, I don't know if Blue and White is a great name for a party. But before we do that, Alan had some concerns uh, when we were talking about this. Uh, it's not an emergency episode. It'll be this week's episode. But this episode dealing with these changes, Alan had some concerns. We were talking about when we should bring in Raul Whitliff from the Times of Israel to give us his sense of what's going on. And Alan had some concerns that we're going to be dealing with too many political issues and that he doesn't want this to be a politics podcast. And I responded, well, but we're a current, we deal with current events in addition to bigger issues. So it's hard during election season not to get into politics. So what, what was your concern based on, Alan? So my concern is based on a, a couple of different things. First of all, when, we, when this whole election cycle started, we sat down as a team to say, okay, so how are we going to deal with this? Because we don't want to turn this into a politics mm -hmm. uh, podcast because really it's a, it is a news-ish, current event-ish, keep you in tune to what's going on in Israel. Right. For, mostly for our students, but also for others right. who, who are English things. speakers who want to be connected to what's really going on right. in Israel. Sort of a at, civics, yeah, kind of civics, and how we would and how we talk about it during the week in class. Because yeah. all of us in our some of our classes deal with current events, even though yeah. we're not, we're a kind of a conglomerate class. Like we're not just history, we're not just politics, we're just not society. We're, we, civics is maybe a way mm -hmm. to talk about it, and we focus a lot on, of course, the Palestinian-Israeli conflict as it's developed. Um, and we so we do also this in class, but uh, but. We don't want to turn into a politics. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's not who we are. We're teachers, and we teach, you know, about Israel to connect people to Israel. Um, we don't so want this. So it's, don't... A, it's a hard. It's always a hard balance during yeah. the week. What's news in Israel, and what's interesting to people who are not necessarily in Israel about Israel. I think that that's what my and that's like, sort of the major is. concern that this not become an inside baseball politics nerd yeah. for people who follow politics like sports and are really into all the details. Right. That's not necessarily of civics level importance to the average right. citizen. And since we're treating all Jews as, you know, this is your homeland, you should know what's going on. I think if we veer over into a level of detail that isn't relevant to good citizenship, then we're past civics. And now we're just into like insider politics for yeah. nerds. And which we, of course, all of us like follow and we that, like. And that's and the that's danger the... is that we are kind of like that in our personal right. conversations. So we don't want this. I, in other words, I, I absolutely 
I take your concern as 100% valid, and I think you're right that we shouldn't err on that side. But during election season, this is the civics thing. And, but, and what's the peak? In other words, we knew there was going to be a peak after the lists had to go in, and we'll talk about that in a second. Right. And that's now. But on the other hand, by the end of this week, they're talking about the the first indictments of Netanyahu are supposed Netanyahu are supposed to come in. So like, so that's why I don't want to I don't want to overburden Raul coming in because he's so gracious that he comes and gives us his time. I would rather wait till we find out if the indictments are coming or not, and then bring him in. And if that means we have to do another politics episode in the next month, I think that's okay during election season. But Listeners, if you think we're doing too much about the elections or too little about the elections, we certainly have other topics in the pipeline. But give us feedback if you think we're erring on one side or the other. Probably it has to do with personal taste to a certain degree. But I think I think during election season, it's just going to be what we talk about more often than not. Look, there's no doubt that the the weekend papers, that's all they had in it. Yeah. All the weekend papers. Talk about, but not only the weekend papers, in 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 Israel, you have these um, like Parsha booklets that uh-huh. come in every show that every organization, everything does because that's the way they get their thing out. Da, 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 da. All of them are also filled I, with I, politics. I all, would wager most Shabbat tables uh, in most, Israel. And well, why, why leave it to the tables? What about talking during shul? <laughs> that's what happens in my shul anyway. Uh, okay, excuse <laughs> me, sir. I did not talk to anybody in shul. I, I sat by myself and I read a book. I, I, I want to tell you, I was on carpool I duty do both. this morning. Yeah. I, was, I was on carpool duty this morning outside my kid's school. And there's three people on duty each time that there's a round. And even this morning, in between grabbing kids and their bags out of the cars, the conversation between the three of us was about the elections and politics. Yeah, so I think I think it is the big. It's the yeah. elephant in the room, right. and and I, I, I. But I don't. I I. I think your concern is important that we keep in mind and keep a sense of proportion and don't. We want to engage our listeners to bring them into the conversation, but not overburden them with a level of detail that right. they'll find trivial, and because a lot of it is. And I, try and explain as teachers what's happening. Right. I just yes. want to point out something I've started doing with my students. I have I teach in two schools in my hometown of, of Modian. Um, and people are now beginning to publicize events in English um, about the parties. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sending them to my students. And I, I checked with the heads of their programs if they were okay with that. They said they were. And I'm sending them the details to invite them to come just to try and get some of that election fever, mm-hmm. some of that understanding uh, from the actual people who are dealing with this. So. Something yeah, that... I think, I, and, and you know, the more somebody is brought in, the more they're connected to Israel, the reality, and not Israel, the, the theoretical, philosophical. Absolutely, agree the with better, you. and that's uh, that's kind of our job. So, okay, so putting all of that, having, of, having said that, let's get our hands dirty. All of that stuff. And, so, and by the way, so to say two more thing, one more thing about that, it's just that that's kind of also like with class, like how, yeah. Like yep. how much do I go into this in class and how much do I don't and how much do you really connect to it and want to hear it? Of right. course, different classes are different, but... And different right. students it's attention. within those classes. I've had students right, but, say, can we do more about the elections? And I've had students say, can we please just go back right. to our regular curriculum? And there's, yeah. you have to find a happy medium. And look, we've been teaching now between, you know, the, if you put all of our years of experience in the room, what do you have, 60, 70 years of teaching? But podcasting, we've been doing for three years. Yeah. So we don't... So in class, I, have a, I do it more, with less conscious thought I do it more just based on my gut and my instinct which maybe isn't so good but in the podcast we're sort of because this is the teacher's lounge and you want to hear your teachers talk about what we talk about this is what we talk about when we talk about the podcast but now to oh you had something Uh, else yeah Ben we're happy to be back that's right we're back in Ben Wallach's studio he's back from the exile you know what as happy as we are are that Ben is back I'm sure the listeners are even more happy (laughs) to hear the sound of uh the quality of Ben's recording on yes. his fancy, and he even you even bought some cool new stuff. 
on your yeah. trip. So Which I happen to be using the so new mic. Welcome back, Matt. Yeah. Thank you guys. That's why Matt sounds so smart this week. He's <laughs> on the new mic. Uh, so the big shakeup. Now, we did an episode last week that dealt with, uh, at least we began to deal with, the combination of the Jewish home party with also Takuma party, but also the uh, Jewish power party. Yeah. Isn't that what it is in uh, English? Otsma, Baya yes. Yehudi with Otsma Yehudi, yeah. which is the sort of post-Kahana party. So we dealt with that a little bit and what it meant to bring a racist party into a religious Zionist political party. We didn't really unpack what it means to have religious parties, but but how problematic that is. What we didn't, but we, we were, and I put a note on the previous episode that we recorded before Yeshatid, which I think in English is Yeshatid. I don't know who decides those things. Uh, uh, and Chosen Yisrael, Jewish which resilience. is Israel resilience or Israel resilient. I guess it doesn't matter resilience. anymore. Anyway, they combined and made They combined and made Kachova Levan. Blue and white. Blue and white. And 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 the 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 logic being that since Likud is polling at around 30 seats, and uh it would all it, we and we we had been predicting all along. That Likud would sail in to winning the big coalition. That's what we predicted. Right. And probably, I, I can speak for myself. Part of the reason I predicted unless that, there was no changes. We 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 always yeah we always cover ourselves with that very good cover your tushy yeah. excuse that like unless something changes and something always will change. But we predicted even with changes that Likud probably wouldn't have a real challenge. I hate the term game changer. I, I here, here's the thing. I hate when people say this is going to be a game changer. Because you don't know that. I don't mind when a game change happens and then people say, well, that changes the game. This changed the game. Because by combining Yeshatib, which is running at like 11 seats, with the Chosin Yisrael party, Gantz's party, Lapid and Gantz's parties, which is running at like 20, say. 20 something. So now you have a party that already the first polls are coming in at like 34 seats. And Likud actually is coming in at like between instead of like between 30 and 32 is coming in between like 28 and 30 depending on the poll now the other cover ourselves we have to do out of the sense of just plain honesty is that polls are as good as polls are and election results often that's the only poll that really counts and matters and, and we new, don't know how that's going to show right up. a new change bounces up one or two right the, when Likud said at their list they were polling at 34 and, yeah. the, and then when when the new Gantz uh, Yalon party came out and then Labor announced their list their polls went down like, yeah, it goes, yeah, it's, it's, it's all very shifty and the only poll that matters is the official election at, on election day and at, we don't know that that's going to look and like and there's a two step here that we always have to remind ourselves and our and our listeners is that it's not just how many seats you get it's how you can build a coalition. Oh, so we'll get to that. That's right. The, we'll get to that in know. a minute because that has become even more complicated. Because I don't know if this is as big a game changer, this new party, as 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 people are putting out there. Because well, of that. I would argue, I don't know how you want to define game changer, but the fact that nobody rivaled Lee Kud for taking, for right. getting, that the, it, it seemed clear to everyone that with right. 30 seats, Lee Kud would be the party offered to form a coalition. And the math showed that it could form a right-wing coalition. Right. Now, that is not the case. I would call that a game changer. Likud is not clearly the party that's going to uh, get offered the first try to make a coalition. To me, that's enough to call it a game changer. And we'll get into stage two is who can make a coalition. And that's where things get really complicated and interesting if you're 
not only if you're a politics nerd, and that's the thing, it's, it's really what the next government of Israel is going to be for the first time is in real question. Now, I will say this. The reason I did not think that these two parties would come together, Yesh Atid and Chosin Yisrael. Egos, you thought. I thought egos. For the same reason that Kulanu, which essentially has the same platform as Yesh Atid, didn't join with Yesh Atid, which I assume is because they're both center parties. All these parties that are calling themselves center parties are all sort of in agreement. There's a limited amount. Well, well no, because uh, Kachalon came from the Likud, and he, he wants to retain that ability to join the Likud. And when you go down his platform, and you go yeah. down Yeshatid's platform, and everyone says, well, Kachalon is center-right, yeah. and Yeshatid is center-left. When you go down step-by-step step in their platform, there is almost no daylight between their positions, whether on economic, sure. social, right. or security sure. issues. And I, I once oh, asked sure. a politician from one of those parties, I said, why don't you guys join? He says, yeah, we talk about it from time to time, but it never goes anywhere. And so I cynically, I guess, said to myself, well, I guess that's due to ego, that nobody's willing. In other words, if you have two parties coming together, who's going to be number one on the list? Who's going to be number two? And so here you had a very interesting resolution where Yeshatid, which has been now, this will be its third election cycle, and Hosein Yisrael, which this will be its first election cycle, after weeks of conversation, which I thought weren't going to go anywhere, on Thursday morning announced that they would join together, that that uh, Benny Gantz, who's the head of Hosein Yisrael, this, this newly minted politician that everyone's <laughs> very excited breed, about, yeah. who we don't know what he thinks about many things, he will be number one on the list. Yair Lapid, who's the head of Yeshatid, will be number two on the list. And if they get control of the government, they will take turns being prime minister two years First for Gantz, and then two years for Lapid. Oh, I thought two and a half, and then oh, yeah. one and a half. Yeah. Oh. Two and a half, one and a half. I actually got a, a text from a student uh, Friday saying, uh-huh. how is that possible? Well, it's happened before <laughs> yeah. in coalition governments. Correct. Where you had two major parties that joined together, and then they would flip-flop for the first couple of years. One would be prime minister and the other foreign minister, and then they would switch in the middle. And the truth is, the answer to the question of how would it happen is, you just kind of do it. Like it's not. The question is how, like how is it legal in this? Because, because. Because uh, there's no it's constitution, legal. so you can do whatever you yeah. want. <laughs> no, it's not only, con- it's not only con- not a constitution. It really goes back to the center idea of Israeli elections, which is you're voting for a party. And right. that party gets to determine who's the head of right. the party at any point. At really any point. Well, this thing with and, the Chosan uh, Yisrael and the Yeshatid, it's basically like a a pre um, a pre coalition coalition. Yeah, that's basically yeah. what it run is. run as a Correct. coalition uh, uh, for elections instead of waiting for after the election, which they would not get the opportunity to and, make a coalition. And therefore, that's why you can have like this job sharing, this job splitting, yeah. whatever yeah. they're calling. Yeah. And that's but why it's it just works. because you vote for parties, not people. Yeah, right? and the parties get to decide how they want to do it. Yeah. Now, many people are pointing out that the first like six people on the list now are men. Yeah. And two parties that and are... three of them are former chiefs of staff, <laughs> this is which Alan's, is my pet peeve. Yeah, this yeah. is Alan's big thing at the moment. The three worried. of them why, are... Why does that make you uncomfortable that the the top... Out of the top four, that there are three former chiefs of staff of the Israeli army in the new blue and white party. So there are uh, a, few, a, new, a few reasons. You really think that's a better name? You think that's a good... Than resilience? Pol- at least you can say it. <laughs> At least you know what it I means. Know, but I keep going back to like elementary school. Exactly. That's what they want. I know. I guess so. That's the whole point. Blue and white to me sounds like a cake decorating store. 
Let's go to Blue and White and see yeah. if they have Duncan Hines. It sounds like wedding colors. Kachovalavan. It's Kazakh. It's strong. No, it doesn't. It sounds like a cake decoration. Okay, anyway, I'll tell you the, my problem with these. Uh, okay, with whatever their politics, whether they were a good party or not, Kadima, that's a good party name. You know, onward. Yeah. But Kachovalavan. As I have uh, great respect for the chiefs of staff, Bugayalon, uh, Gabriash Kanazi, and, and Benny Gantz, and I've led this country in, in very uh, respectful ways. I, I it makes me nervous that the only place so two things make me ner- main things one is that the only place we are seeming to um, foster leaders on a national level is in the army. Mm-hmm. I know that's been not so untraditional in Israel, but it's not. Also, there's been plenty of leaders who don't come from the army, and that that this seems to be so prevalent right now, um, and all joining together to unseat the man that they've worked with with the last ten years, right? Gabi Ashkenazi and Benny Gantz were both chiefs of staff under Netanyahu. And, uh, well, to me, Bugia, that reflects poorly on Bibi. Yeah, yeah. Bugi yeah. Alon was a defense minister mm-hmm. under Bibi, mm-hmm. uh, who was, you know, the yeah. boss of Benny Gantz. And it, it reflects really bad on the political system. If they think, if these three guys who worked so closely with him mm-hmm. now want to unseat him, so what does that mean, the things that we don't know about behind closed doors? Look, I, that I makes me very nervous. Let me point out that in it's both not, those sides. So, so in, in terms of your concern that you know, why are chiefs of staff now politically at the forefront? I would say first of all this that it's not unusual in the history of different countries that military service is a sign not only of devotion to state, and so therefore often the leader pool comes from you know what, and that you had to at least have served if not led. Correct. So that's not uncommon in democracies. Correct. That that's a. It, it's become less so in many Correct. Western it's countries. Correct. The fact that all three of them are, get, are joining together in this party—that to me is the the thing. symbolism and, of it. Bonded and two, to, and the, two of them have no political experience outside of the army. Right. I mean, army is obviously also political, but they have no political right. in government. They're, 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 Gabi Ashkenazi and Benny Gantz have absolutely have not been in yeah, government at all. to the political scene. Bugia alone has, and Yair Lapid, right. who's the balance, you right. could say, them who's, I think, only finished high school or something. Yeah. Right, but I, uh, I would also point out, if, if it used to be, you know, okay, so with Bill Clinton and and uh, and George Bush and, and Barack Obama, maybe military, or, or Donald Trump, military experience doesn't seem to be as much of a big deal. As it used to be for presidents, it used to it did used to be a bigger qualifier, but here, I mean, living where we live, the idea that Iran, the fear of a country like Iran, there is still a sense of existential dread of it when it comes to Israeli security, no doubt, and so no doubt that becomes and and I think you know the polls show uh, uh, exit polls or, or different ways of establishing Israelis will go to the street and protest on various social justice or economic issues and then vote on security. No doubt. And and had Yair Lapid talked Betty Gantz into coming to his party and they ran together like that and that's the way it was, I wouldn't be icky at all. But it's the fact that these three are coming together that really just Troubles unsettles me. me. Yeah. Okay. But Fair I, enough. I think, I think the other thing to say, you were talking before about how in relative terms they're political novices, that they don't have experience. Well, what the platform that they're all put together basically seems to be is they're not BB. That, yeah. that, that that's their platform. Well, that's yeah, that's a or, different. Or get issue rid of people. <laughs> no, right. but whether if, whether they were chiefs of staff or not, you would be concerned that they're not articulating a political vision. They are. We're not BB. Yeah. It's not a political vision. You know, it, it's like the it's the, not, but the, it's the, like a real, the Obama it's a foreign policy. Cisma, uh, not Cisma, How do you say Cisma? 
uh, oh. no, no, but not password. Like no, the, the slogan, the, the, the slogan. Yeah, yeah, like the, slogan. the ideological. I, the foundational. Was, block. We don't do stupid stuff. Yeah, right. Like that's your that's your foreign policy vision. Like that's your view to how don't to don't do stupid. Don't do stupid stuff. Like really, uh, that's don't, not. A, don't be BB. That's so. Theirs is don't be BB. We're not to BB. That's <laughs> not very visionary, and it's not very inspirational, no. and it doesn't show a lot of. But apparently, it's attractive right now. Uh, in the polls, I got to tell you. Well, they you are know, talking that we're, we're not BB, and we want to bring you know clean out politics and be change. together and da, da, you know. So, uh, which you has know, been you what can understand why that's resonating with a large amount, right. a large segment of the Israeli electorate. And I'm not BB, and we want to change things. And, and, and that aren't makes you sick sense. of how right. of the. Uh, of the corruption and the arrogance and the well, that's what Yeshatid have been pushing since the beginning. That yeah. was that was the Yeshatid foundation. That right, they, they want to clear up politics. They don't want this kind of corruption. They don't want this horrible rhetoric. All those sorts of things. Right. So that makes sense that that's what they're pushing. Well, but make... they also had specific proposals in the various issues that should concern Israelis. Yes, of course. And these guys are basically saying, okay, yeah, those are good. That works. That'll get yeah. us in power. Great. Okay. So inspirational or not, you know, I, there's there's an old, in American politics, there's an old saying, uh, when it comes to choosing their leaders, Democrats fall in love, Republicans fall in line. They, they choose whoever's turn it is, whereas Democrats have to be inspired. So doesn't matter if I'm Democrat or Republican, I'm pretty much in the middle of everything. But I, I don't need to fall in love with my politicians. I'm, I, I always think I'm, I'm hiring them for a job. So if they do a good job, I'll rehire them. If they don't, I'll look to hire somebody else. But I don't I don't I don't like the idea of being inspired. I, I like being inspired, like if there's a good speech or something. But they are not the because they are in politics, they are not my role models. Although they devote their lives to the nation and their service and I appreciate it and I thank them and I find that inspirational. Politics is the art of compromise and wheeling and dealing. And so you're going to end up doing things that are, I'm going to find troubling, whether whether you're the party I vote for or not. And so I don't like idealizing politicians. I think there is a moral threshold that they have to pass in their decisions and their behaviors. And I do think they can fall below that moral threshold and then I will not hire them. Well, it's interesting you're talking about the wheeling and dealing and doing things which one may find distasteful because that brings us on to the other topic that we wanted to <laughs> to discuss this afternoon is the other uh coalition that was recently formed we we spoke about it briefly in the last uh, well i want to get to can you know which of these two whether lee could or kohovlan can form a coalition yeah. but if you want to briefly divert to well it's part of that forming a coalition and that's part of the thing it which is, is going to be part of forming a coalition and that's part of the thing which is really now been bothering me this week Ich, what are they called Ichu, no, no. A, the national right-wing unity Together. National Union, Agudata Yamin, or something like that. Not to uh, be confused with the Yamin Chadash that we've talked about There's before. The Yamin Chadash yeah, and Agudata Yamin, I think they're the whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so horrified. I, I honestly, like, it's. Uh, I can't say that I'm losing sleep, but it's really troubling that there was this embrace. And by the way, it wasn't just there. Was, you didn't see a lot of. You see, you saw some. I'm holding my nose, but this really right wing, and I was let's. We said it last week, and I'll say it again. It's a racist party that believes that if your ethnicity is Arab and you're Israeli, you should be treated differently by law but than it, if your ethnicity is your, right. is Jewish. But I mean, it's kind of bizarre what happened because on Wednesday, when the idea was brought up to the the Baidu the Jewish Home, which was the National Religious Party, they all rejected it. 
And then Netanyahu got involved. And he wooed them. He, he wooed them. He said, I'll give you ministry. If you guys yeah. join together, I'll give you I ministries. You this seed two and ministries. Seed, yeah. And I'm going to give one of your guys a place on Likud's list so that right. you'll have another guy in, meaning whoever you get plus right. the guy in Likud's he list. He has like a free space a in free the Likud space in 28 list. that yeah. he gave them. Uh, so why did Bibi do this? Why does Bibi want so much for this ultra racist party to come into Because he, he is scared. And here, this is the coalition. Man. This is where it comes Whoever back to. Whoever gets the 30 whatever seats, the majority in the election has to build past 60 to form a coalition. You get elected, the president turns to usually the largest party that got the most seats, says you now have, how long do you have? It's a few weeks, two weeks? Yeah, No, more, longer. A it's month? Longer. Yeah, what, I think six weeks, but uh, whatever four, it is. 40-some days, I think. 40, yeah, uh, something like that. To form a coalition, and if not, you have to let me know, and I have to check, we'll, 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 we'll go to somebody else. Bibi's looking at his right. He only wants parties to the right. And he's saying, how do I get past 60 seats? Now, if this racist party, uh, Jewish power, Otsma Yehudi, is, is polling at three seats, they're not going to make the threshold. They won't be in the Knesset, and those seats will be divided. And the, right, they'll, be, they'll lose those seats. They'll lose those seats. The right will lose those three seats. Yeah. Right now, Bayat Yehudi, Jewish home, the quote-unquote religious Zionist party, is pulling at five seats. If they merge with Jewish power, the racist party, they'll get eight seats. That's three more seats that Bibi can bank on to his right that he would lose if they don't merge. So here you have this racist party, which won't pass the threshold and be part of Israel's government because they, they simply don't have enough support. But by joining with Bayat Yehudi, now Bayat Yehudi voters have to choose. Do I go somewhere else because they just joined with a racist party and keep their number at five? Or will it drop? Bibi's gambling. They'll keep their five. And now it's up to eight on his right, making it easier for him to have a coalition. And disturbingly, there have been responses not only from within Israel, from religious Zionist leaders like Bini Lau, who said in, as a rabbi in shul, he said, my policy as a rabbi of a of a synagogue is I don't I don't engage in politics, but I will fight against this. And he said to his congregation, like, I think this is a moral principle that that is required of my me as a rabbinic leader. I will fight against it. He compared their policies to the Nuremberg laws, and of course, he is the child and the nephew of famous uh, Holocaust survivors. Yeah. So it came with an extra punch that he made that comparison to me the real the real powerful thing he did was he said look in the congregation he said if you think what i'm doing is wrong i absolutely would accept that if you fire me but if it comes to that i will prefer to be fired than to remain silent than to remain silent on this I, issue i, I would say because this, he he's yeah. he's horrified that religious zionism and, is now associated with that kind of racism and there are prominent religious zionists also who are in the party who are now Thinking of either of left or thinking of leaving, one of um, the one of the candidates so, for Bayou she resigned. What yeah. was her name? Um, she re resigned straight away, basically. Yeah. yeah, she said, "I'm not doing this." Well, it may yeah, end exactly. up it may end up uh, blowbacking against yeah. BB and against Bayou It may not. I sure it's, hope it certainly it does. has an American jury a quick blowback. Well, APAC and right. the American Jewish Congress (AJC) have both responded that this is they're not they're not uh, they're. The, they both responded that this is unacceptable from, and this is not in the spirit of what they think of as Israel's identity, and they and they express anger at Bibi for wheeling and dealing to make it happen. Um, they haven't disinvited Bibi from speaking at APAC. They will not allow Otsma Yehudi to speak at APAC. 
They're dis- right. they're, that a- party Apex is- in two weeks, a big conference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, so there's real tension there now. And BB, to his, I think, real discredit, when people asked him, well, what about all this criticism? He said, oh, that's left-wing hypocrisy. You know, right. they'll deal with these people. Why can't I deal with these people? It was people? that doubling down that was horrible. It was even worse. Down. It was the, the left uh, joins together with Islamic fundamentalists <laughs> to take down the government, basically. Right. I mean, so, so when is uh, – I mean, we've talked a lot about this, about when real politics and that, that – and even how we deal with it with our students. Like how when we see <laughs> – Things that we don't like, right? So Rav Lau is a good example of someone who says, "Okay, this is beyond the pal. I'm now going to talk about race, this in the synagogue." To me, racism is a is a disqualifier. Like if you're going to be after everything the Jews have gone through through anti-Semitism and the racism that we've experienced, for us to allow racism to seep into a norm in our society is so unacceptable that to me that's a that's a red line for for. Agreed. And I would I would argue for a religious person who believes that all human beings are created in the image of God. If you believe in the Torah, I would say that that should be a red line. Well, right, and I would say, and I would say, in terms of also the way we, we teach, we're values education. We're not removed from teaching what we believe is right. Right, and and um, I, I don't think that's, and I agree with Ben. I, I don't think that's a political line to say. No, no I say we. I think I think we make. I I make it very clear. In my classes is a political line. I'm a Zionist, mm-hmm. and although we try and understand different perspectives, and goes, you're getting it from a Zionist. They believe right. in Zionists. Believe we have the right. Then the oh. red line is saying we don't get a right to be here. Right. Right. So there's a red line here. That's a yeah. There's a red line politically yeah. in racism. That's a red line that people who are outwardly have a politically racist agenda. If you is, want my country, which is not a democracy by default, but by yeah. but by values, that's how it was created by its founders, left, right, and right. center. One hundred percent. Right. I mean, there was no greater believer in democracy than Zev Jabotinsky right. or his protege Menachem Begin. So it's not it's not an issue that has divided this country, at least. Uh, it, are, well, and, I don't want to get into and, the history and, of it. But. And BBC's himself is a continuation of well, those he claims two. to be their heir. Right. They would be horrified by this. I mean, I, I cannot imagine Menachem Begin being anything but horrified at this. As as many of my friends have pointed out, so would the founding fathers of like the Mafdal, which is the predecessor to the Jewish Party. The Mafdal used to walk out of the room when Mayor Kahana would get up because they didn't want to be associated with his position. Right. And now Mafdal has joined with his heirs. Yes, so something really rotten has happened, and hopefully this is an important. Hopefully this will end up blowing back and and being an important growth step. The thing that was interesting to me was Batsal Smotrich, who is the head of one of those factions within mm-hmm. the Jewish Home Party. Um, I heard him on the radio the other afternoon, and he's saying, "Listen, this is just for the elections, and as soon as the elections are done, we're going to split away." And each side will go do their own thing. And I was just like, who are you kidding? Once you've tarred yourself with that brush, you can't get the tar off. You just can't. Like, what do you think you're doing? How can you say, oh, it's not relevant what we do in the lead up to the election. And then after the election. What what that means is that our red line isn't racism. In other words, if they said, there are things that they would not join another party with. Racism, legalized institutional racism, is not one of those things. It, it, we don't agree with it, but it's not so bad that we won't join with them temporarily. Right. We'll hold our noses, deal with the stink. Okay, and I'm not we'll... voting for you. That's not right. just a hold your nose. That's a that's a. There is no other hand now. And 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 I do think that religious Zionist institutions have a very important dilemma ahead of them, especially our schools. 
our, our school, kids go to school. And I've asked my students, have this has this been brought up in your school? Have they discussed it? And so far, uh, oh, you mean uh, what students? I asked on uh, on on Wednesday and Thursday, and I had students for Shabbat. Oh, you mean the gap year schools? Are your gap year schools bringing this up? So so far, no. But I assume I assume and I hope that they will. I think I think Benny Lau should be the paradigm of how Jewish leaders and Jewish educators. You're hopeful. I, I think <laughs> you are shooting for the stuff. I said I think he should. I, I didn't say. <laughs> no. I didn't say he. I, I. I. To me, I will see a difference. I. Look, I, I'm not a person who's very judgmental, but I, I will see a, I will, I will see differently a, a, an educator who, who chooses to follow Benny Lau, a Jewish educator who doesn't. I, to me, that I think that really matters. Bless you. Thank you. Um, that's an exciting sneeze moment in the podcast. Yeah. Now there was just, an earlier we, one too. Kind yeah. Of, it, I hope you don't go sneeze. too long, but I still do want to deal with this coalition issue, which is that if you do the math and you add up all the center and left parties. You don't get to 60. So that if Kachova Lavan wins the election, I don't know how they're going to form a coalition without... Without the Arab parties. Likud, or without, Arab, or Arab, Arab, parties, Arab parties. Which have never joined. But there is a way that Arab parties can, can support from outside. Meaning they support the government, they don't join the government. That's also a, a possible accommodation. In other words, if they get to 55 and the Arab parties can give 10 more, and they say, okay, well, we'll support this government, but we're not going to join the government. That's right. A, well, in the current political a, climate where we're trying to get racist. By the way, that's how of, Oslo, that's how the Oslo government, yeah, yeah. the Israeli Oslo government passed because they didn't have the numbers and the Arab party supported from outside. Yeah, but that's when labor was a major party and could get away with something like that. No, without, that I'm was, just saying that this outside, there's a, it's a possibility. In the current political climate, that's a rough, that's a rough path. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a possibility, really. But yeah, I'm just, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, and the, uh, I agree it's with a you. Theoretical. So the other, right? It's important to note that there are other. Uh, the other thing is, though, that now when you look at Likud's numbers on just the right wing, it doesn't pass sixty with a coalition. If you just do Likud and everything to Likud's right, even with Kulanu, which interestingly said we won't run with Likud. Kachlan's keeping some flexibility. Yeah, there. sure, of course. That's why he's running like that. Yeah, That's why he's he's he wants that. he wants to be able to. He why, sounds how many, like how many numbers do you got? I didn't look at the polls, but I, it, it ended up over fifty. If you add up the 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 Haredi parties, and you add up the racist parties, and you add up the new right party, so you end up with like fifty five. Did 50, you include Kulanu in that count? Yeah, right, because Kulanu. The last time around, also they were being presented as potential kingmakers, and they could be kingmakers again. Yeah, but they don't pass. You don't if you don't pass sixty, you ain't got no king. Right. So now again, uh, that's this, based on this is the fear that two was, or three days of uh, polling after all this all this tectonic shifting. So right. we'll have to see how it plays uh-huh. out, and we also have to see if if Netanyahu gets indicted and how that's going to affect things, which could be in the coming week that announcement. Right. So, so I don't know. It, it might mean. That Likud and Kachova Levan will have to join together and be to the. You have now the way the polls look: two mega parties, and then a bunch of little right under ten seat parties. So they don't need any of the under ten seat parties if they join together. I just don't see how they could do that with Bibi. That would mean. Well, the, the, the one of the agreements for the Kachova Levan is that they would not join uh, Likud government if there's an indictment. Not if there's a trial, but if there's not if there's a conviction, if there's an indictment, it's part of their anti-corruption. Yeah, so platform. it's it's not it's not very likely unless 
unless BB steps aside, uh, right, then they would be able to join Likud. And right. that's not going to happen. You know what? I'm Fraser giving up on. Yeah, I'm giving up on predicting. I could Fraser take my guess, but like, I did not think that there would be. Well, first of all, I never guessed that there would be name of a party called Kachov Levan, <laughs> but I certainly didn't guess. I, I I didn't think Gantz or Yair Lapid would be willing to join together. I, I found think, that very inspiring, just for the for the fact that they put their egos to one I'm side. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not complaining. I I am impressed that they thought that for the national good they'll put egos aside, especially Lapid. I'm impressed with. Yeah, because he takes the number two. So he, I he took number two, and he was he's the guy who was in, in politics know, longer. Public, yeah. So, to his credit, whether you want to vote for him or not, I think that is that submission of ego to mission. Right. I think is rare enough in Israeli politics that it's worth in most complimenting. Politics, no? Rare enough in most political systems. I guess. Yeah. Sorry to say it. But. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the remember Lapid joined the first Netanyahu government. First time he got in, he joined the Netanyahu sure. government, and he's uh, yeah. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, I don't, you know, I mean, that's... no. I'm saying he's uh, he's, he's guy's experience in politics. He yeah, knows yeah. the way. Yeah, he's been here work. for he's been here for a while, well, almost a decade, and so that in, so the fact that neither side, I I don't see if the polls are at all accurate. The fact that neither Kachov Levan or Likud, which are now the two mega parties. Can form coalition with the under ten seat parties past the threshold of sixty, to me means we may end up, assuming BB can be pushed to the side or steps out of the way, you may end up with a coalition of the two mega parties, but that which would also mean probably sharing time, which means the two and a half one and a half year deal within Kachova Levan. Wow, would that have would get be, things messy, wouldn't it? Would have to be put aside because you might have to do sharing between Likud and Kachova Levan for... Sharing the sharing as well. Sharing the sharing. Wow, now we're really getting into speculation. I, I, okay, we, it is speculation, <laughs> but it is it is very interesting no, and very right. relevant. The, the point is is that, it's very, it, that, that this coalition thing takes on super significance now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it always is important, 60. but now it's super significant. Vote for who you want to vote for, but then there's the question of how to get past 60 right. is super up in the air, and that's what we all have to pay attention to and keep our eyes on. Um, so I, I will say, you know, it is always very exciting when you when the future really is this unpredictable. Where we walked in at the beginning when the go- when the government when they when they said there's going to be elections April 9th, the three of us said, okay, so here's what we know. Likud and BB will be the big winner. In the right. We don't know that anymore. And that is itself, whatever your feelings are, are politically, whatever side you're on, that makes it much more interesting. So interesting is good. Exciting is good. Isn't it? <laughs> Could be. So you don't have to be so, be more like Matt, Alan. Don't be so. Uh, it's our future. I know. <laughs> I know. But, uh, the future so, of our children. Yeah, future so, of our people. So, yeah. So this is, I think, uh, th- this is. Uh, I do think the the game has changed. I think it's very exciting, very important. So you'll forgive us if we ran slightly longer than yeah. usual. No, we didn't pass our uh, upper threshold, but we went a little bit long because I think these issues needed some unpacking. Uh, thank you, everyone, very much. And I think this will be, unless some other crazy thing, I think we'll release when we release, and then this will be the episode for this week. Yeah, yeah same time. Unless, you know, crazy things happen, like the indictment comes down in two days or something. Bum, bum, bum. Dong. And that was the... Opening Pella Satan. That, or, uh, or Israel launches a rocket to the moon. Yeah. Oh. We haven't even dealt with that. We so missed hopefully. That. <laughs> my parents watched it there in Orlando at my sister's. 
they went there physically to see uh, the King no, Canaveral they from my sister's wow yard. Awesome. That is awesome. So at some point we'll unpack that. We have uh, we have other uh, issues coming up. And uh, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Ben. Bye bye. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, this is the part where I remind you that we are the Ju Israel Teachers Lounge podcast. And it's also the part where I ask you to subscribe, to rate and review us, and to share and recommend us in any way you can. Also, we'd love your feedback so we can respond to you on or off the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Listening, guys.